right? All right, if you have your Bible today, we're going to start in, um, actually we're in a series right now entitled Knowing Jesus, and we're going to start in Romans chapter 8, and um, no, actually we're going to start in Mark chapter 16 here in just a couple of minutes, but um, last week we talked a little bit about how to experience the power of Jesus, and, and I don't know about you, but I need, I need some Jesus power in my life because every day we encounter things that we don't know how to deal with, we don't know how to handle, we encounter people in our jobs, we encounter people in our families that um, maybe we don't always get along with the, in the best way. We have all these things that are coming at us. And so we really need to know Jesus because we need his power in our life. And, and I can sum up that entire teaching for you in one sentence, and it's this. When you know Jesus, or w- yeah, when you know Jesus rather than just know about him, you are filled with the power that rolled away the stone, okay? And so we talked about that last week, and we're not going to go through all that. But, but I do want to start this morning with a question, okay? And I think that this is a valid question. And, and it's this, do you ever feel like there is something blocking you from being the person that you truly desire to be? Do you ever feel that way? Okay, there's something blocking you from being the person you want to be. You feel like the Apostle Paul who said, what I want to do, I don't do, and what I know I shouldn't do, I do. Okay, a lot of times we get that way. So, so is there something blocking you from being the person you want to be? Or number two, is there something blocking you from doing what you believe God is telling you? Okay? I think that's also a valid question. Okay? Is there something keeping you from being the person you want to be? Or is there something blocking you from doing what you believe God is telling you? On Monday morning of this week, I woke up. And when I woke up, I was thinking about the stone that was placed in front of the tomb of Jesus. And I know that's kind of a weird thing to think about, and that's normally not what I think about when I first wake up. But, but on Monday, I woke up thinking about the stone that was put in the front of the tomb. And I'm going to do an entire teaching on the stone soon, but I want to go ahead and, and, and say this this morning. The stone was placed in front of the tomb of Jesus for um, a purpose, okay? And it was there... Uh, uh, to not keep the people from coming in, but to keep Jesus in, okay? And so, and so the stone was actually sealed and guarded, okay? It was sealed and guarded. And so even after Jesus was resurrected, the stone still blocked his way out. And here's, here's kind of what I woke up thinking, okay? After you come to Christ, the enemy is going to continue to set up strongholds in your life that are sealed and guarded, okay? So even after you've been resurrected to new life, even after, you know, you've given your heart to God and maybe you've even served Him for a while, maybe you've even served Him your entire life and you feel like, you know, you're doing good and you feel like certain things are moving in the right direction, there's still going to be strongholds that the enemy is going to try to roll in front of your life and he's going to try to make sure that those things are sealed and guarded. And, and normally, he will do it one of two ways, okay? He will often use things from your past that are familiar uh, to you, okay? So old things from your past that you're kind of familiar with. Or uh, number two, he will, 
He will uh, attract you by using things that you're attracted to, okay? And he does that because he doesn't want you coming out into freedom. He doesn't want you coming out into the life that Jesus died for you to have. And, and, and maybe you've even asked yourself the same question that the followers of Jesus were asking themselves as they approached the tomb. And I'm going to read about that this morning in Mark chapter 16, okay? Now, remember, Jesus is in the tomb. He's already, he's already been there for almost three days. And the, the stone has been placed in front of the tomb, and the stone is, is sealed, and it's guarded, okay? So, so the new life that needs to come out is behind a sealed and guarded stone. And sometimes that happens with us. You know, the devil comes in, he sets up strongholds in our life, and we feel like we're kind of behind this sealed and guarded stone. We want to get past it, we want to move on, but we don't always know how to do it, and and so we ask ourselves the same question that the followers of Jesus asked themselves. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 2, it says, Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, look at this, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? They're like, who's going who's gonna to get us past that sealed and guarded stone and get us into Jesus? That was the question, okay? And it goes on in verse 4, it says, But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the, the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And I just, I just love that verse because when they got there, the sealed and guarded stone had already been rolled away. And there's a great lesson in that. And the lesson is this, guys. If you will cooperate with God, he will send you supernatural help, okay? And so those areas in your life that you feel like are strongholds, maybe those things that you kind of feel are being have been sealed by the enemy, maybe you feel like that the enemy is guarding that passageway so that you can't get out into the big life that you feel like God wants you to have, if you will cooperate with God, he will send you supernatural help. And today we're going to talk about how that you can cooperate with God and how that you can get that stone in your life rolled back so that you can experience really, you know, all that, all that God has for you. And, um, and I know that this is going to make a difference. And so, so I want to pick up right where we left off last week, because if you can get this, it's going to change your life, Okay. When you come into the kingdom of God through Jesus, there is nothing weak and pitiful about your life, okay? I want to say that again. When you come into the kingdom of God through Jesus, there is nothing weak and pitiful about your life. And the world will groom you to believe that you're always going to struggle, and the enemy will lie to you about your weakness but you need to understand this morning, that's not your identity. That's not who God says that you are, okay? And so your life is not weak, and your life is not pitiful, and you are not always going to struggle with the same things that you have struggled with, maybe for months or even years of your life, because that is not who God says you are. That may be who the world says you are, and that may be who the enemy says you are, but guess what? God says you're something different, okay? And I choose, I choose to believe what God says about me above all else, 
right? So the world may be grooming you to kind of believe this is just the way that it is, and you're just kind of, kind of always be stuck in that loop. But that's not true, okay? So let's look what the Bible says about who God says that we are. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Look, look guys, this is, this is going to help you. It says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in who? You, okay? There's nothing weak and powerful about the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Okay? Remember, he was behind a sealed and guarded stone. But as he was cooperating with God, he received supernatural help. And he wasn't on the other side of the tomb pushing on that stone. You know, we might see him over there kind of trying to push it out of the way because, you know, Scripture says it was very large. Jesus wasn't back there trying to turn it and roll it away himself. The stone had been rolled away. And it had been rolled away, according to the scripture, by the angel that that the two Marys encountered that day on their way to the tomb. Okay, so as he cooperated with God, there was nothing weak and pitiful about his life. And one of the reasons you may be struggling right now is because you're not cooperating with God. Okay, and I want to teach you what it is that you might be doing in the way of not cooperating with God that's keeping the stone in place in your life. Okay, how many of you can think of at least one stone in your life that needs to be rolled away? Okay, well, you, you, that stone may still be there because you're not cooperating with God. And so we have to figure out what our part is in all of this. The same, so the Spirit of God, look guys, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Spirit in that verse is the Greek word pneuma, okay? And pneuma means soul, disposition, and spiritual state, okay? Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? Your, um, um, what was the second one? <laughs> your disposition is your temperament and your attitude, okay? Your spiritual state is whether or not you are alive in Christ or you are dead in sin, Okay, you get that? So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your, your uh, disposition is your temperament and your nature. And your spiritual state is whether you are alive in Christ and you're dead in your sins. Now get this. If you put that all together, something amazing happens. Because when you put that all together, it reads this way. The soul, spiritual state, and disposition of God lives in you. The spiritual state of God lives in you. That's a game changer, okay? That means you're no longer dead in your sins. That means you're alive in Christ. That means that you have the power that you need to move forward. And we're going to talk about how to do that. Before Jesus, your spiritual state was death. But once you know Jesus, your spiritual state is life. I mean, 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, In Adam all die, but in Christ all are made alive. Okay, so, so the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same pneuma that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And, that's, and we're going to break that down in just a minute. But before we do that, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read this out of the message translation because I just like the wording a little bit better. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, It wasn't too long ago 
that you were mired in your old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. Anyone ever do that? Okay. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us, doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in, uh, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraces us. Now look at this. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. Isn't that good? Okay. Remember the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And now again, Paul says he took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. I love that. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ, okay? Your spirit is alive, and, and that means there's nothing dead about you, right? Nothing dead about you. So, number one, Jesus, number one, is shaping your sin-dead life into something that's alive, okay? That's so important. Jesus is shaping your sin-dead life into something that is alive. I don't know about you, but I want to be alive while I'm alive. I know that was deep, right? Isn't that a Bon Jovi song? <laughs> I think it is. I don't know. Quoting Bon Jovi, I think it is. I want to live while I'm alive. I think that's the line in the Bon Jovi song. Some of you are singing that in your head right now. The only difference between this and the Bon Jovi song is it's not your life. Okay, some of you are like, I don't get that. Well, those of you that listen to Bon Jovi, you know exactly what I'm saying. Okay? I want to I be alive while I'm alive. And so I need Jesus to shape my life. A Jesus-shaped life begins with a changed mind. Why? Because it's impossible to change your life until you change your mind. Okay? And that's why in the book of Romans, it says that we are renewed by the transformation of our minds. Okay? We're not renewed because we start to go into a new church, or we're not renewed because we were brought up in the right family. You know, we're not renewed um, because you know, we, we gave enough in the offering. We're, we're renewed by one thing, and, and that is by the transformation of our minds. Okay? Now, this is the good part. This is, this is where I've been trying to get to all morning. Okay? Remember the definition of pneuma? Okay, so we have new in, in Romans eight eleven. it says the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and spirit is the word pneuma. Okay, remember the definition. It was um, your soul, your disposition and and the spiritual state of God. Well, the word disposition in that verse just kept jumping out at me this week as I was looking at these scriptures and your disposition is your temperament or or it's your nature. Okay, and so having a Jesus-shaped life is when you have a temperament and you have a nature that looks like Jesus. Okay. Now, there's going to be some work involved if we're going to have a temperament and a nature that looks like Jesus. Okay, and that that's going to mean that we're going to have to change some things about ourselves, change some things about how we think, change some things about our 
minds and the things that we sometimes get stuck in there that we can't get rid of, okay? And so having a Jesus-shaped life is when you have his temperament and his nature. Listen, guys, a Jesus-shaped life begins, number one, when you are teachable, okay? Now, this is so important. The word teachable means this. It means that you are able to be taught. You're like, well, Larry, why would you need to tell us that? Because I can guarantee you that there are areas in your life, just like I have areas in my life, where you are not teachable. Because there's a sealed and guarded stronghold there that the enemy has set up. So let's talk about that. Able to be taught. Are you able to be taught? I want to read some verses real quick. You don't have to turn there. You can just read on the screen that are going to help us with this. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 24. It says, the wise accumulate wisdom. Fools get stupider by the day. (laughs) Do you know anyone that gets stupider by the day? I wonder if they think the same thing about you. Oh, it's quiet now. (laughs) I guess it is. But it may be yours. Let's talk about it and see. The wise accumulate wisdom. Fools get stupider by the day. Let's look at another verse. Proverbs 13, 18. Proverbs 13, 18 says, Refuse discipline and end up homeless. Embrace correction and live an honored life. See, a person who isn't teachable can easily lose everything they have. Right? If you have a kid that isn't teachable, what happens generally? They lose everything they have, right? You have an adult that isn't teachable. They, you know, they generally lose everything they have. And then let's read one more verse. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 1. Proverbs 12 and verse 1 says, If you love learning, you love the discipline that goes with it. How, how short-sighted to refuse correction, okay? Here's what that means. Jesus cannot shape your life if you always insist on being right, okay? Now, guys, don't get mad at me right now. I'm just the messenger. So if you want to be mad at somebody, you can be mad at God, but I don't recommend it. But do you think that some of the things in your life that are frustrating you are actually a result of the fact that you've made up your mind about something and you aren't teachable in that area? I've had people say to me in counseling, Larry, I've made up my mind and there is nothing that you can say or do to change it. Well, all righty then. Why are you here? (laughs) Normally that's because, well, they made me come and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. 
or I'm here because I want you to agree with me so that the rest of these people out there can know how stupid they are and how smart I am, right? Larry, I've made up my mind about this, and there's nothing that you can do to change it. Could it be that your frustration isn't with the situation or the person, but it's actually a clash between your flesh and what it's insisting on and your born-again spirit and what you should be willing to reconsider? Could that be what's frustrating you? You see, guys, peace is a result of having the mind of Christ. Frustration is a result of you making up your mind and not being teachable. Man, that was good stuff right there. Peace is a result of having the mind of Christ. Frustration is a result of you making up your mind about something or someone or whatever and not being teachable in that area. It's like that area is like, it's off limits. It's sealed and guarded. You've made up your mind about that. There's no change in your mind. That's just, that's just in your head that it's fixed. That's just the way that it is. And so you know what? If you can't get peace about a situation, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's because you've already made up your mind about that situation and you're just unwilling to be teachable or even listen. In fact, when someone starts talking to you about it, maybe trying to speak some reason to you, you just completely tune them out. And you say, yeah, but Larry... I'm right. Okay, maybe you are. So let's talk about being teachable even when you feel like you're 100% right. If you really want to know Jesus, then you have to be willing to rethink your position. And so let's go to a scripture that I think is going to be a great example of, of what I'm trying to explain. Okay? The disciple Peter um, had what I would consider a great relationship with Jesus, okay? He knew Jesus in a close and personal way. He had the kind of relationship with Jesus that we all would want. Yet he struggled when it came to being teachable. And he struggled when it came to rethinking his position about stuff that he had already made up his mind about and he just, you couldn't change his mind because pff, that's just the way it was. Man, it's quiet in here. Because you know why it's quiet? Because we all have those areas of our life like that. It's like, I've already made up my mind about that, and, they've, and, and there, there is no change in my mind because I'm right. Well, as you've heard me say many times, being right can also be lonely. I've been right and slept on the couch. You guys, a bunch of chickens. Oh, you've been right. Slept on the couch, right? It's lonely, right? You can. Absolutely. Or I always tell people this: Would you rather be right or be happy? Because sometimes you can't be both. No, no. We've moved past wives. We're talking about real issues now. We all have those areas. It's like, well, you know, I'm just, this is the way it is. And Peter, the Apostle Peter was just like that. And let's talk about, let's talk about how he interacted with Jesus and, and actually what happened. 
Put yourself in his place, okay? We're talking about Peter. Put yourself in his place. You're working and you're serving alongside Jesus. You've seen miracle after miracle. I mean, like leprosy is being healed and, and dead people are being raised and, and, and demons are showing up um, just out of the, 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 the woods, literally, just out of the hillsides. Demons are showing up and saying, we know who you are. You are Jesus, the Son of God. Why are you here? Have, have you come here to torment us? I mean, there's just all this crazy stuff going on. And this is all happening with, with Jesus on a day-to-day basis. And one day, out of the blue, Jesus, your leader, shows up and drops a bomb on you. And, and your leader, Jesus, says, soon I'm going to be killed and I'm going to be rejected and crucified. And I just thought you guys should know. <laughs> I, I just thought you should know. And so Peter had already made up his mind about this situation. And he pulls Jesus aside and lays into him. And let's read about it. It's in Mark chapter 8 and verse 31. Mark chapter 8 and verse 31 says, Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, I've got to be honest. If I'm there and I'm listening to this conversation, I'm on Peter's side. Anybody else? I'm on Peter's side. My mind would be made up too. But look what Jesus says to him in Mark 8.33. But Jesus turned and looked at his disciples. He rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. Now, we all know that part, okay? But this is the part that we don't keep reading. You do not have in what? Mind. The concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He was like, your, your, your mind right now is not the mind of God. Your mind right now is in the natural. You're not thinking God's thoughts. You're thinking your thoughts. Your mind is made up about this because you're not thinking, you're not thinking like God thinks. You're thinking like you think. Now, that's a pretty big deal when, take, when, when Jesus takes you aside and starts rebuking you. And we caught it there in the verse. He said, you do not have in mind the things of God. Peter's mind was made up, but the problem was Jesus had a different path for Peter to follow, and Peter didn't like it. And so here's the lesson. He wasn't really wrong in what he said because it did make sense in the natural, but he was wrong in the way that he went in with a made-up mind and no ability to see it any other way. And some of you, your, your biggest problem, your biggest frustration in your life is that you just don't have the ability to see things any other way. Just you've made up your mind about it, and that's just the way that it is. And Peter had made up his mind about it, and he thought that's just the way that it is, and Jesus pulled him aside and said, you're, you, you're, you're not right here, you need to fix this. So at that moment, Peter was being unteachable. His mind was made up, 
and it created a conflict between him and Jesus. And you know what I, wa- I wonder? I-, I wonder how many battles you've fought that, that you didn't have to fight all because you climbed into the ring with your mind already made up. You see the common thread this morning? <laughs> We're talking about, you know? And one of the hardest things to do is to be teachable, especially when you feel like you're right, especially when you feel like you've been wronged, especially when you feel like you're, you're not getting what you deserved, especially when you feel like that the other person maybe even is just going out of their way to kind of prod you a little bit. I mean, it's hard to unmake up your made-up mind. And I'm going to let you in on something, okay? It's taken me 45 years to figure this out, and I just turned 45 on Friday or Thursday or someday, I don't know, last week. That's what happens when you get over 40. You forget what day. But I'm going to tell you something that's taken me 45 years to figure out. The only fixed point in my life that isn't up for negotiation is the scripture. Everything else is an opportunity for me to learn and be teachable. Okay? If you can't be anything else for God, you need to be teachable. Larry, I'm not going to be teachable because I've already made up my mind not to be. If you can't be anything else for God, you can at least be teachable. And here's why. Psalm 119 and verse 89. Psalm 119 and verse 89 says, Your word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. You know what that means? It's not up for negotiation, right? God's word is forever settled in heaven. And so when God says something in his word, that's the way that it is. But when I read that verse, it doesn't say that my opinion is settled in heaven. And it doesn't say that what I believe about someone is settled in heaven. God's word is the only thing settled in heaven. And the rest is left here for us to figure out. And sometimes that means we have to be teachable even when we don't want to be. So I want, to ask you, I want to ask you a question this morning as we, as we close. And, and I really want you to think about this. Don't, don't skip over it. What have you made up your mind about that is still causing you stress? Okay, Let, let's not rush through this. What have you made up your mind about that is still causing you stress. You can put people's faces in there. You can put situations in there. You can put whatever you want to in there. But what is it that you've made up your mind about that's still causing you stress? Could it be that like Peter, you are not being teachable in that area? You're not able to be taught. Another way to say it is if you're not able to be taught, you know what that means? That means you refuse to listen. <laughs> right? We got some teachers here this morning, and, and all every teacher knows that you can't teach a kid anything that won't listen to you. And God knows that he can't teach his kids anything when we won't listen. 
And so, you know what I do? If I have something in, in my life that, that continues to cause me stress over and over, it continues to cause me frustration over and over, and it just, I can't ever get peace about it, and it won't ever, and it won't ever go away. I, here's what I do. I always go back to, okay, Lord, you know, am I being teachable in this area? Because if I'm not being teachable in this area, then maybe that's the problem. God wants you to have the best life, okay? He does. And he, he's willing to provide everything that you need in order for that to happen. But you have got to cooperate with him. And I know, you know, it's a, ho- it's a holiday weekend. We got fun things planned today. And this is kind of a, you know, this is a little bit heavier than, than, than maybe that I would have liked and maybe that you would have liked. But we need to figure this out. Sometimes it, what it boils down to is this. You've made up your mind. And that's the source of the problem. <laughs> and you need God to help you, and you need God to teach you, and you need, to God, you need God to show you how to move ahead and move forward, and that only happens when you're teachable. Okay? So let's all stand this morning. James was just sharing with me that, that um, when we started service, Wanda wasn't awake, and they weren't sure that she was going to wake up, but she is awake. So that's, that is an answer to prayers for sure, okay? So, so I want to definitely continue to pray for her and, and remember her this morning and throughout this week and throughout um, your day as, as, you move, as you move through it. All right, here's, here's what we're going to do this morning. Now, when I was putting this teaching together, I, I was thinking about those things in my life that, you know, that still cause me frustration, that still cause me stress. Um, basically, just areas where I had already made up, I went in with a made up mind, and there was nobody going to change it, okay? And there were a few that I could think of. And then, after I de- identified those things, that was the time to just bring those things before God and say, you know what, Lord, I need you to help me here. I need, I need to be teachable in this area, okay? I need to be teachable in this area, and I don't need to be so, hard, like, so stiff-necked about things or so fixed about it. If, if it doesn't change the scripture then, and it's causing my life to malfunction, maybe I'm the person that needs to adjust his sails here a little bit. Okay? And we all have those areas, so let's pray. Lord, this morning, we're grateful for, for your word, and, and, and Lord, that it is absolute truth, and it does absolutely set us free, and that is awesome. And Lord, I know, um, I know that there are people here just like me, <laughs> uh, just, like the, just like the disciple Peter, you know, who... Who, who get faced with these difficult situations 
And, and instead of taking a step back, instead of uh, saying, you know, maybe there's more here going on than, than, than I can see with my natural mind, we go in and we just go in with this fixed position. And we go in and we're not able to be taught anything. We're not, we're not teachable. We, we just won't listen. And it can create stress for us. And so, Lord, I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to have a mind that is filled with peace. Jesus did a lot of things that I don't know that I could do, but I want to get there. Even, even when he was being nailed to the cross, he, he didn't go in and with his mind made up of, well, I'm going to get them. I'm, they're, they're hammering me to a cross, but you know what? I'm going to, there'll come a day when I'll, I'll get my opportunity, and when I do, I'm going to get them and I'm going to talk about them every day of, for the rest of their life. I'm going to make sure everybody knows they hammered me to that cross. And I'm going to get them. You know, no, Jesus didn't go in there with his, with his mind made up and all bullheaded. Jesus went in and he was able to be teachable. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> that, that's a teachable heart right there. Jesus did a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have done. Because he was teachable. And Lord, I want to be teachable. I want to be teachable too. I want every experience that I have with other people or uh, just in, just in, in life uh, to, be, to be an opportunity for me to learn and grow past who I currently am. And I, I think there's a whole lot of people here this morning that have that same desire in their hearts. And Lord, we're not saying that the word is up for negotiation because it is not. And we're not saying that the scriptures can be, can be bent and twisted and changed. No, no, no. Lord, you, your, your word is forever settled in heaven. But my opinions are not settled in heaven. They are just that. They are my opinions. And so, Lord, we pray for help today in this place, in Jesus' name. I want to I take a minute here this morning and I want to say another prayer right now for, for Wanda, and I know that, um, man, you know, it, well, I don't know what's going on exactly, but I know that the situation is not easy, so I want to pray for her again. Lord, we, we pray again this morning for Wanda, and, and we're thankful that she's awake, and, and um, we're hopeful that, that um, Lord, that she will continue to just progress and, and be able to, to be off the ventilator. And we lift her to you right now. Lord, as, as, her, as her church family, as the people that care about her and love her, Lord, we lift her to you right now. And um, we're asking, God, that you uh, would just show up there. Lord, you know where they are. They're, they're in Cox South Hospital in room 724. <laughs> and so, Lord, we're, we're praying for, for, for that family today. And we're believing, God. Um, that the Holy Spirit will just invade that place in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, as everyone is just just hold steady with me for a second. I wanna I wanna pray for you today before we sing this and go home. I wonder. I wonder how many situations there are in your life right now where God wants to fix something, where God wants to move you forward, 
where God wants to do something that maybe you can't even see right now, but yet he can't because you've already made up your mind. You've already made up your mind. And there's an area where you, you absolutely, you, you refuse to listen. And you have fixed your heart. And it's not even been up for negotiation. But you understand this morning that, that maybe, maybe you do need to be more teachable. Maybe, maybe you do need to go in with, um, without having decided how it's going to go and how, and how you're going to respond. And you could just use some help this morning. If that's you, could I see your hand today? Yeah, lots of good hands going up. Mine too. My, my hand's up, okay? My hand's up right there. <laughs> It's, it's not easy. I'm going to pray for you in just a second, but, you know, as you move through life, you, you can look this way. As you move through life, relationships aren't easy. And sometimes people really hurt us, like they really, really hurt us. They really hurt us. And I remember one particular situation where I had made, I had, I had fixed my mind, I had made up my mind that if, that if I ever got the chance to square things up in a, in a not good way with these people, that I would do that. Because I felt like that I was right and I felt like that they were wrong and I felt like that they deserved it and I deserved to be able to do it. <laughs> right? And I just, I just remember, you know, I remember that day when, when, when God was speaking to me about that. And he's like, that's, that's not what Jesus would do. That's what you would do, but that's not what Jesus would do. And I had a decision to make. And it's the same decision that you have to make this morning. And God will help you make it. So let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for every lifted hand. And the enemy loves to set up strongholds in our lives. He does. That's his thing. And he loves to set up strongholds in our lives. And, 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 and he loves to just whisper things in our ears that cause us to be even more set in our ways and be more bullheaded and be more stubborn about things. Because he doesn't want us to move forward. He doesn't want us to have the life that Jesus died for us to have. He doesn't want us to enjoy our days. He wants us to live offended. He wants us to live with a chip on our shoulder. He wants us to live always trying to settle the score. He wants us to live with a, with a mind that, that is already made up and, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. They're not even willing to listen. That's how the enemy wants us to live. But Jesus wants us to have his mind. And Jesus wants us to be teachable. Jesus wants us to understand that, that sometimes 
being right isn't a very fun place to be because it can leave us lonely and it can leave us wounded. And sometimes, Lord, we have to just rethink. And we're going to do that today. And we're going to allow you in because we need supernatural help. And we want to be teachable. Lord, I know I do. I want to be teachable. Help me. Help me, God, to always be a man that's teachable. That I can be taught something. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this last song together before we go home. And if you're here today and you need prayer, I'd love to pray for you. And, and just believe God for something good in your life. And, and if not, just worship, just sing, just spend some time with God this morning.